0: Introducing Recorded Content, a podcast for small, scrappy B2B marketing teams who want to get the most out of podcasting. In each episode, we capture stories from industry experts and podcasters. Listen in and uncover what it takes to launch, run, and grow a successful B2B podcast. Check out and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Let's jump in.
1: Hey, this is Justin Brown. I'm the co-founder of Motion and your host for this episode of Recorded Content. Recorded Content is brought to you by Motion, a done-for-you podcast agency for small, scrappy B2B tech marketers. For years on this show, we've really tried to go out there in the B2B podcast community and find people out there doing shows well. And we really didn't highlight our customers too much for a variety of reasons. I'm not sure how much you know about Motion and our agency, and I'm not going to make this a big pitch About us, because that's not why you tune into this show. But years ago and before the pandemic, we were a video agency, and it's why we've had such a keen eye on video podcasting. And so over the past few years, as we really dovetailed into this podcasting world, we haven't had shows that necessarily had been around forever, that five to 10 year mark. So we tried to go out there and highlight the ones that were, but now as years have gone by, we've brought more and more of our customers onto this show to highlight what they're doing in B2B podcasting, because frankly, a lot of them are doing a really good job. Now, one of the things we're not doing is just bringing them on and saying, hey, how did B2B podcasting change your life or change your business or what it's, like, what it's been like to you? We really tried to bring them on and have them tell stories of ways that they're succeeding, In a way that's very individualistic or unique to their company or they're really good at something. And we highlighted the way that they were good at that specific thing and how they're doing it. And for me, over 2022, we really hit this point where our shows have been around for years. And now we've had the ability to highlight some of the work that our customers, who frankly are fantastic marketers, who have been able to run a consistent strategy for a long time and how they've been able to roll out the successful shows that they have that have helped their businesses grow, helped their marketing department to be more respected within the organization, had a content marketing department that was setting the company ahead of the others in their space. And that's what I want to do today is to look back on some of the customers of Motion that have come onto recorded content this year why they've come on, what they've demonstrated, and how these folks are using B2B podcasting to stand out within their industries. Our company has the tagline that if you own the media, you own the market. And what we want to show you is how these folks are going out there and owning their market. So the first one I want to start with is Camille Trent, who runs the show Content Logistics. Content Logistics is one of motion shows in our network of shows, so not necessarily a customer, but one of the shows that we run ourselves, and Camille does a great job of hosting that show. And over 2022, something that I talked a lot about is running solo episodes, and the reason is is because it's tough to have an every-other-week show or a weekly show and have to get a guest every single time. So, from conversations with Camille, we were able to decide she was going to set out and try solo podcast recording.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you guys uh, gave me the extra nudge I needed. It was one of those things where it's like, is this a good idea? I had it in the back of my mind of when I have uh, a topic that I want to cover that I feel like I'm a subject matter expert in, right, that I can go deep in uh, and it's relevant to the audience. When I come across those, I'm happy to uh, do it. But You also need that little bit of like outside push, I think, to do your first of anything, right? So you get comfortable, like in one thing, this is working, you get good feedback about it. But then it was kind of the same with uh, having two guests on. I wouldn't have known that that would have a positive feedback until I did it. It was like everything was working pretty well. It wasn't like people were hungry for different type of content. At least I wasn't getting that feedback. But it's like, I think there's an opportunity here. Let's, Let's chase it. Let's mix up the format. Like that's kind of like how you keep the momentum going weirdly is is by mixing it up.
1: And I loved how you started it out saying, all right, it's 11.58 PM and I have no guest. Uh, How did it feel to do an episode with just yourself? It feels weird. I'm not going to lie. It feels
0: feels weird uh, talking to yourself. They say extroverts like talk to think, right? And so I do have a little bit of that, of I need to kind of like talk through some of everything that's going on in my head. So I do think that there's that, like it kind of helps me clarify my own thoughts and then I'll later, you know, hone those even, even more for my writing. So it's kind of a good, like thinking process for me, weirdly, and I can go on for a while. Uh, so it's once I'm going, it doesn't feel that weird. I'm sure everyone is like this, but that the first like few minutes, and this is the same with a, with any interview podcast too, like the first few minutes are, are brutal or always, they're, it's always awkward. So once you get past that, I think uh, it was actually,
1: Uh, more normal than I thought it was. And for me, it's been fun to talk about on our show how people are implementing some of the things that I talk to them about on a weekly or biweekly basis, because right now it's just me talking to an audience. But when I have these weekly or biweekly meetings with customers or any of the shows that we run, it's really exciting to be able to hear questions uh, and then talk about them on the show with people that are doing them effectively. So for example, I am asked a lot about uh, YouTube as YouTube is being more normally recognized as a podcast consumption platform. How do you make YouTube really work for you as a B2B company? And at Motion, we do a decent job. We've got five shows on our YouTube. We get views and listens and subscribers and what have you. But what I really wanted to do was bring on someone to the show who was doing a really nice job with their YouTube. And it's why I brought on Matteo Duo, who's the head of content Kinsta, he runs a really nice YouTube channel, and they have all sorts of videos from how-to to to testimonials to educational pieces to their podcast that they were running with us.
2: So, our YouTube channel is, is a crucial component of our content strategy, you know, as a whole. And each type of video we put live has its own role. Since one of our main goals as a company, as specifically content team, is to provide helpful content, the vast majority of video content we produce gravitates around, you know, providing tips, how to fix issues with this plugin or with that platform or with that browser, and how to use our product. That's, for example, is one video video idea that came up based on your comment, like how to use two-factor authentication. These are like to the point, straight, solution provided, you know, right in front of you as a user to use one of our, to take advantage of of one of our features, you know? So yeah, we have like videos that go through, I don't know, listicles like option for you to use in, for a use case, or we have tutorials about our product, our features, but also we have promotional videos. This is something we started doing After a while, after we started noticing some traction of our YouTube channel, when we have promotional videos, you could think about them like, I don't know, uh, we're we're launching a new, we've just launched a new feature on our site, on our, you know, hosting platform, and we needed an additional way to promote it around, to gather more eyes, you know, around it. And these videos are also, like, these promotional videos are not just primarily focused on YouTube, even though they live there. But they're also being featured on our landing pages, you know, our automated email sequences for onboarding new clients or for prospect clients. But sometimes I also know that they're used by sales. You know, in their sales chat, they could take care of they could take advantage of this sort of video asset to kind of show you what they're talking about. And this is this provides them with a much stronger, you know, approach when you know discussing with prospect, but also if we're turning back into tutorials, it's something that uh also our support team could use when it comes to actually showing uh our own customers how to do how to get that fixed, you know? And of course on our YouTube channel we publish the Kinsta podcast, you know, Reverse Engineer, um where we where listening and viewers learn more about the win, losses, and lessons, you know, with people, entrepreneurs, forum, you know, within the, indus- the tech industry from companies like Google, Databox, Pentagram, and more. So our YouTube channel really evolved from, don't get me wrong, but we started really with a leap of faith. There's always like a mix and match, meaning that there, there, there are plenty of unknowns and some other uh, assumption that you're going to see, whether you were right or wrong in the beginning, and then you adapt and reiterate on that, right?
1: If you listen to this podcast at all, you'll notice one of the things that I talk a lot about is tackling problems on your B2B podcast. So in that first one, you heard from Camille, the problem of getting guests and having time. And so the solution is that we execute on a solo episode. And then the problem that I tackled with Mateo was that people want to know how they should using YouTube because they're not using it enough or they don't know how to use it. And on this next one, the problem that we tackled was complex subject matter. And so I was able to bring on Chris Camacho, who runs the Science with a Twist podcast at Thermo Fisher. Thermo Fisher Scientific is a Fortune 500 company. They're a scientific organization with tons of different business units. And Chris Camacho has to do a deep, deep dive research for every episode. Now, she herself is not a scientist. She's in marketing and communications. And so for every episode, she has to break down complex subject matter, which was very interesting to me because a lot of our customers are working in complex sectors, whether it's the financial technology sector, whether it's biopharmaceuticals and healthcare or data analytics or cybersecurity. And so what I really wanted to talk to her about is how she's digesting very complex subject matter. And for her, it's even more complicated than most people because for every episode, they have to dissect a different business unit. And so she's having to learn and unlearn and relearn different topical subject matter for every episode. And so I wanted to impart to people that even though you may be in a complicated space, there's always someone out there who has more complicated subject matter. And I wanted to show how she's able to do it.
3: Yeah. Thermo Fisher is, it touches a lot of different things. And we have, Uh, you know, inside from being a Fortune 500 company, we also have like 140,000 employees. So it's a very broad space and we touch a lot of different things, which is really cool. I feel like I learn new things all the time about what Thermo Fisher is working on or things that we're impacting that you would notice in your day-to-day life. So I think the biggest challenge is really kind of mining through all of the stuff that we touch and finding what's going to actually be not just a good story, but something that we can tell in the right way and say say it in a way that anybody can understand. So I'm not a scientist; I am a marketer and communicator by by background. Um, so I, every time we're picking through episodes, I, I have to ask myself, do I understand this? Um, and that's kind of my baseline at first is if I can understand it, I think we're, we're good. But that's kind of the hardest part is just combing through all of the incredible things that we're touching on a daily basis and finding those stories that are going to resonate with the audience. Um, we really like to say our audience is science enthusiasts, so they're not actual scientists either. That's why I'm kind of the baseline. We want to bring this content to the masses and, and share this great research and science breakthroughs with everyone.
1: Yeah, that probably saves you a little bit. um, And I'll let you actually give the background on the show, but at least the fact that the show isn't necessarily a tech, like technical, I I don't even know if I'm using the right terminology, but like a technical show based in science research. Uh, Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, what science with a twist is and who it helps?
3: Yeah, I I mean, like I said, science enthusiasts who we're trying to reach, I mean, we're trying to show how science impacts our daily lives. So, anything from cleaning drinking water through uh, the fight against COVID. I think we've done episodes on both of those things, um, and also just anything that would impact your your day to day life. I think the latest episode we recorded was really interesting. It was around like how humans and in in the environment and animals all kind of interact um, in terms of your health and viruses and things like that. So, our, our Subject matter is very different across the board. It's it's really challenging to find the, the things that fit. But I think the goal really is to help lifelong learners learn new applications of science that they may not have thought about um, previously. So it's pretty cool. I love working on this podcast because I feel like I learn a whole lot. Um, <laughs> and it's really just interesting to sit in on these these discussions, even outside of the recording, the discussions we have leading up to it. I just feel like the people that I interact with daily are so so incredible. And they just have all these, this knowledge to share and they're, they're really bursting at the seams. I find that they really want to get their research out. I actually had a guest recently who said, you know, scientific research loses value when you can't bring it to the masses because most of the time they're finding these breakthroughs that benefit society. But, you know, if the people that it's helping don't know about it, then what, what good does it do? So that kind of gave me a new perspective on things and just made it even cooler, I think, to give people a platform to speak, but also be able to give them a platform where they can share it with people and have it actually understood by people, not just the people in the scientific community. One of the things that we try and do is like look at the calendar up front and say, okay, is there any content that will tie into specific things? So for example, we wanted to do some stuff in the fall around cancer research. And so there's some different you know, cancer months, uh, in the fall that we wanted to kind of tie some content into. So that's kind of one way. Cause we're like, we know this is coming. We know we want to do an episode around it. We can kind of start the ball rolling early, um, to make sure that when it comes out, it's kind of timely. Sometimes it's coincidence. The, the one, um, we filmed around the Holocaust happened to be released on Holocaust Remembrance Day, um, which made it extra timely. Um, and then we also just try to find like stuff that's, going to resonate all the time. I know when we first started working on the podcasts, I mean you remember this, we had all these covid related topics that that people wanted to talk about and it was it was great to get some content from folks, but it covid was kind of on the decline in terms of how it was being talked about publicly. So um, I remember we had some conversations saying like, does it make sense to split up these COVID episodes and kind of break up the COVID chat or do we kind of just release them all now because it seems like this is kind of declining in terms of be- the amount that it was being discussed. So uh, we kind of pushed some episodes out all together at the beginning around covid just to make sure that we were going talking about it while it was still being discussed regularly but then we also have episode like i have an episode that we recorded that we never even got to really release because some stuff in the market changed and it wasn't really relevant anymore
1: and one of my favorite episodes this year was talking about everyone's favorite topic distribution so i really wanted to talk to a customer who was doing an effective job on getting the word out about their show. So I brought on Toby Phillips, the VP of Marketing Communications at Colby. Toby is not only distributing, of course, to the podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify, what have you, as well as YouTube, and then, of course, distributing on social media organically. He's also running paid ad campaigns with video content, driving people to his show. People have a lot of questions about how to use video content successfully within paid campaigns to drive people to consume their content instead of necessarily trying to drive people just to buy. And I love how Toby has that mentality that these ads can serve as ads to drive people to consume his podcast and the company's podcast instead of just driving people using paid for them to buy a service or a technology. I asked how he's putting out his ad campaigns and here's what he said.
4: Most often it's the video clips. So it'll be, you know, one minute, maybe some of them are 90 seconds. Um, Most often right now um, I'm using LinkedIn and I'm using YouTube. Um, And so it kind of depends on the episode. It kind of depends on the uh, piece of information that is being provided, right? So sometimes I'm retargeting somebody and I've got a guest who says, man, Colby is the best thing uh, to ever happen to us. If you're not using Colby, you're stupid, you know, something to that effect. Like, I'm trying to get that into people who I think we can close right away. Um, There are other people who I I promote stuff that, you know, my CEO or my president are explaining about the theory, why it's important, how it fits into the current marketplace. Um, And so I put some of those to our top of of funnel folks who have never really heard of us, who I think should hear about us. There are some people, you know, we had a guest recently who was pretty well known, um, sort of the COO, CEO space that, I didn't even wait for the blogs to be produced or the episode to launch. I grabbed some of those clips and I was like, I know exactly who I need to get these in front of because there's a bunch of groups on LinkedIn that you can target or other businesses that you could target who I know know this guy, right? So I quickly got the content in front of them on LinkedIn and then retargeting on Facebook. And that has been a really great campaign for me.
1: And how do you do that? So, okay, so you want to target... Companies, people, are you targeting specific individuals? Are you targeting lookalike audiences? Can you talk to me a little bit about how that targeting works?
4: Yeah, both. So, you know, I've got two target audiences. One, I've got I've got a leader who's you know leading a team and who um, you know, I like to say is open to using assessments. It's kind of the simplest way to put it, right? And so our sweet spot is small to medium business. And so what I'll do is I'll target um, you know, take LinkedIn targeting for example. I'll target, you know, director, um, managing director, VP, COO, that sort of CEO of companies from, you know, five to 200. Sometimes less than 200 actually works a little bit better um, for me. Um, And then I'll find some of the affinity groups. So, you know, I'll, I, you know, the guy is just an example, like there are a bunch of COO type groups out there on LinkedIn that they will let you target. Um, And so I will throw that in there as an extra layer on top. Um, And that one actually is working really, really well for me right now. Other times I will do lookalikes or I will do uh, retargeting from the website or retargeting from certain pages. You know, so we've got a team's page on Colby.com. So I'll retarget from that in some campaigns as well.
1: And what kind of results, you know, and, and this comes with with paid media for sure, you know, positive or negative. Have you seen from using paid social?
4: I see a bunch of things. It's, you know, we've added the how does you hear about us field on you know, all our, our forums on the website. And within a month of launching the podcast, I saw a noticeable uptick in podcast. I heard it from the podcast, heard it from the podcast. You know, we had to actually, you know, our account managers had to actually get specific with some of those people when they talked to them on the phone and be like, was it our podcast or somebody else's podcast? Because we're also doing other people's podcasts. So beta drill in on, on that a little bit. But in terms of, you know, we're getting more leads, but then also we're just getting purchases. So you can... You don't have to work with an account manager at Colby. You can go to Colby.com right now and take the assessment immediately. Right. And so I've seen a noticeable uptick in people coming from LinkedIn, even if I don't have a link in um, the ad, which often I don't have a link in the ad. It's just an educational video, um, but they will go on, they will go on to Colby and they'll take it and they'll put it in the field setting. How do we find out about us? And they'll say your podcast. That's awesome. I mean, that kind
1: of direct uh, attribution is fantastic.
4: Yeah, it's, um, it's been amazing. And then, I hear it on the phone too. So, uh, our, excuse me, our account managers say that they're hearing it on the phone. They're like, oh, so-and-so called and one of the account managers actually didn't even listen to one of the latest episodes. And they're like, wait, we did an episode with that guy because one of our um, clients on the phone said that they listened to it and they wanted this very specific product that they mentioned. Um, and th- that's the best feedback that I can get is that not only did they listen to the podcast because they saw it on social, but they listened far enough to get, and got enough and that they asked for a very specific use case. That's That's magic for me
1: it's truly been an amazing year for recorded content for motion and for podcasting and the podcast community as a whole and i'm super excited to see where it all goes to next have a great 2023 and thanks for listening
0: Thanks for listening to Recorded Content, a show brought to you by Motion, a done-for-you podcasting agency for B2B tech marketers. We do the podcast stuff so you can focus on strategy, building brand awareness, and developing new relationships. To learn more about how you can launch and grow a podcast for your company, check out motionagency.io. Thanks for listening to
2: Recorded Content.